Hey ladies, welcome to the Yas and Amen podcast, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscelis Dominguez. Let's get it. Okay, welcome back ladies to another episode of Yas and Amen. Today I have Kayla Rodriguez. Welcome Kayla. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes, I'm really excited um, for today's conversation because it's really important. Uh, We were just talking beforehand how it's just not something that we really hear the church talking about, whether at church or in Christian friendship spaces or in books or wherever it may be. It's just um, not as talked about. And it's really important. It's really important to God's heart and it's happening all the time. And today we're going to be talking about uh, domestic violence, the process of healing from it. Um, and what does faith look like in all of it? And also what can the church do about it? So let me tell you about Kayla, our guest, and then we'll get right into it. So Kayla is a proud Latina born and raised in Brooklyn. Okay, all the Brooklyn people just made a lot of noise because that's what people from Brooklyn always do. She is a mindset coach for women of color, curl hair influencer and entrepreneur. Kayla's past experience with domestic violence sparked her hunger and mission to help women on a deeper level, which led her to work to the work that she's doing now as a mindset coach and her business curls around the world heal their life come on line come on mission i love that amen um and you do the just that we'll be talking about that later on um definitely but we're gonna get into this topic for today um and so i do want to give like a bit of a trigger warning you know if this is something you're still healing from um and maybe not in the side of that you can even kind of hear about it I encourage you to listen to this later on. Um, you know, maybe you experienced as a child witnessing this domestic violence in your household. Maybe you're still not healed. Also recommend, um, you know, to listen to it later. Uh, and even just discerning, if you want to send it to someone who's going through this right now, please listen to it fully and then pray about if this is a good resource for them. You know, we want being being uh, the body of Christ, being the church also means that we are discerning and wise with our decisions. And we want and healing um, can look a lot of different ways for different people. And we can think we're helping, but we're not helping sometimes. So um, I want to just you to be able to be prayerfully discerning around um, sharing this and also listening to this in this time. So let's get into it. So the first question, we're getting right straight to it. Um, What was your experience? What was your experience with domestic violence? Um, And then how did your faith, if you had at the time or not, help you heal um, in that journey? All right. Well, this started back in high school. So I'm 30 years old now. And I started experiencing this um, with my boyfriend in high school. And I was around 17, 18 at the time. And it all started like rainbows and butterflies, right? Like Mm -hmm. our high school relationships, it was started healthy, started, you know, with a lot of love and a lot of kindness. And slowly as the relationship progressed, um, I just started to notice a lot of different things changed. Uh, It started with, you know, wanting to hang out with me all the time, coming over to my house every day, um, not wanting me to hang out with friends, but hang out with him more. Um, The controlling, like all the red flags that we should know about, sadly, I didn't at 17 years old, was happening to me. Um, And then it led to arguments. It led to threats. It led to um knowing or as knowing where I was what time I was gonna get home why I was with a certain person at a certain time why I was wearing what I was wearing right Mm. it became very overwhelming and very confusing because this was something I had never experienced before and so also very important for people to know I didn't see healthy relationships growing up either so Mm. for me I was trying to figure out okay 
is this just something that's going to pass? Is this something that we can work through? I was really unaware of what that was supposed to look like. Um, and then I remember vividly the first day that it became physical. Um, I, my mom worked a lot and, you know, she was providing for us. So I, I, you know, hold nothing against her when it comes to that. So that means that I had a lot of time alone. Like I was home, you know, at, at junior, senior year after school, I was just home watching TV, doing what, what teenagers do. And we got into like this very heated argument. And I just remember um feeling like he was getting too close to my space and in my face and I remember just pushing him and that push must have triggered something inside of him because the anger just developed and developed and from one second to the other I don't remember how we were both on the floor tussling with each other mm. and I remember after that happened it was so hard for me to process what had just happened and I was like did someone just like lay their hands on me? Like mm -hmm. my mother and father never disciplined me in that way. Mm -hmm. And I have someone else that has literally violated me. And it just, it just continued. Um, but for me and my experience, it was more mental and emotional abuse and verbal abuse than it was physical. The mm -hmm. physical, obviously it, it's, it's terrible, but it takes so much longer to heal from the, the mental and the verbal abuse that I experienced. Um, and so I was able to, I guess, slowly heal from that and slowly figure out what life after this relationship looked like. But I guess I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Mm -hmm. But that's just how it started. And it started with me. And then I wanted to protect him. Right. We want to be as women. Sometimes we want to be mm -hmm. the protector. We don't want to we don't want anybody to know what's going on. We don't want people to know the bad parts of the person that you're with or the ugly sides of them to protect them. And as I was protecting somebody else, I was deepening my hurt, right? I was deepening um, my stress, my depression, all the stuff that I was going through. I was deepening it because I, was, I wanted to protect this person who wasn't protecting me or treating me the way I wanted to be treated. Mm -hmm. And as I was going through the 17, 18, I grew up in a household where we went to church for Easter. We mm -hmm. went to church for uh, Christmas Eve. But God, God wasn't always present in the sense of, let's uh, let's pray right let's you know let's bring this to god let's talk about this let's let's read our bibles let's let's dig deeper into scripture none of that was going on in my household growing up so when i was going through this situation and and being in this domestic abuse in this abusive relationship i really didn't know what true faith looked like i didn't have a relationship with christ mm -hmm. um and it's very important for people to know that because regardless of how far you are away from him, he is always close to you Amen. and he will always protect you. And God really, really held it down and bought me out of that situation. Um, mm -hmm. At times, I didn't even have the courage to leave. If I, if I can, if I tell you guys how I got out of that situation, that person was incarcerated for something they didn't even do and was put away for a quite a, a quite a long time. And so that was my way of really getting free from that relationship and having no contact, right? And so God will do it. Mm -hmm. He will do it. He will save you from whatever you need saving from. And now I know that. Now I mm -hmm. have that faith. Now I have that belief. And I want people to know that whoever's listening right now, you may be going through this and you may feel alone. You may be feeling like nobody mm -hmm. understands. There is somebody out there that understands you. They, they want to know. They want to hear your story. 
But most importantly, you are not alone because God is always with you. The Holy Spirit is always with you. They're guiding you, protecting you, and they are there. Um, and that's what helped me. And knowing that now in my early 20s and gaining a relationship with Christ and knowing what real faith can actually look like in your life, I know that that's what saves me and that's what got me through that. Mm -hmm. And understanding too that forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for yourself. And mm -hmm. forgiveness was a huge part of my healing, like such a huge part of it forgiving the person that did this to me set me completely free till this mm -hmm. day he doesn't know that i forgave him but i know and god knows and that's enough mm -hmm. and that is a huge part of my healing personally like that was something that i was like just forgive yeah forgive and, and set yourself free and disconnect yourself for that person forever mm -hmm. and the blocks happen blocked on all social media blocked on everything you know so that I no longer have to have contact with that person. You know, that chapter is closed. Um, mm. So that's a little bit of what mm. my what my story looks like. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think, yeah, that's so powerful to just hear how God, um, what he did in, in the yeah. midst of all of that. And, you know, um, I know when I first met you and like I learned about this and you, I didn't realize that you were a teenager. Um, and now, you know, I did like recently I knew you were a teenager, but um, I'm, I'm grateful that you have this experience to like communicate to people because, you know, I think about like when I was in high school, did I like, was I talking to any, like, were my friends even, were we thinking about that? Like maybe one of our friends is in a situation like this. None of us did like, there's just not the assumption. I have always assumed this only um, occurs like in households um, that are like people that are adults, maybe they have kids, um, but that was like a lot, a lot of times my assumption, you know, and then just even hearing your story, it's really important. And I think like, if there's parents on this call, like, you know, having conversations with your kids. Like I know my mom, like growing up, she was like, right. Like she always would say, don't let people touch you. But she always said in the context of like sexually, like don't yes. let either Same people, you know, take advantage of you in that way. Or like, you know, don't give your virginity away, um, mm -hmm. which I did not do, but, but in like, not in the context of like, don't let like a man harm you. Right. Um, right. Or, you know, or a woman in that context too, but I think that's such a like powerful message for parents, but also just for us to have more awareness, like with our teenagers, with just any woman, right? Like where I think we need to remove any assumptions we have about domestic violence and just like consider that it could be something that anybody can be experiencing of any age, of any race, any experience or background. Um, and then, you know, you talking about forgiveness um, that he does, he doesn't, he didn't, he doesn't know you have forgiven him. And he doesn't need to know. Like that is, that is, that is it right there. Yes, <laughs> because I think sometimes we feel like I, you know, we see like rom-coms and like someone comes like 20 years later. It's like, I apologize. Like we, we feel that we need to actually verbally communicate one. Sometimes, first of all, communicating is not safe. So you right. should not verbally communicate with some people that you've forgiven them, but also that's not the whole point of forgiveness, right? Like the person does not need to verbally know that you did it. Um, it's a freedom that your mind and your heart needs. Right, um, and and that God knows, true. God knows that you have forgiven the person, right? Cause if he's asking us to forgive people, he's, you know, he's, he, he also knows that you've done it. So, right. um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I also believe that sometimes wanting that quote unquote closure can get you trapped right back in a mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. And it's also important that we're talking about teenagers too, because now with social media, oh it God. is so important, right? We mm -hmm. on TikTok and, and Instagram and all these places, toxic relationships are being normalized. Yes. And it's so important to censor like what your children are watching, um, you know, who they spend time with. 
and not letting them make you feel guilty for your parenting or your discipline. So that's also mm-hmm. important for any parents that may be listening right now yeah, or teachers or counselors. Right. right. Um, you talked about red flags too, right? Because, yeah. um, you know, I think that's, that applies again to like the outside person. So for example, a friend, a friend in, in a Christian group, um, you know, I, my friend, Ashley, she always tells the story of like, there was a girl she knew that was homeless and they had been in a, in a, in a Bible study for months and there were red flags, but they just ignored them. And then one day, finally, she like, quote unquote, dropped her off. And she realized she was not dropping her off at a home. And so we as Christians can be like, and you know, she like felt so bad and she like makes sure she did something about it. But like, we as Christians can be so focused on like what we're doing with the person versus like what the person in their life they're experiencing. Like, I want you to serve. I want you to grow in your faith. I want you to be better here, here. Let me help you read your Bible. And all of those things matter and important, but also know about the person in their life, what's going on with them in their life. And see and notice that there's red flags coming up so that's you know a message for people we're going to talk a little bit about what the church can be doing in a little bit but that in itself is like notice a little bit more open our eyes up a little bit not that we're looking for it it's just that hey holy spirit show me what i need to see um and so what you know you talked about your healing journey um is there anything are there specific things that you did i know you said you weren't like believing in jesus in that time is there anything specific you did in that time or then afterwards when you were um in christ um did you were you in like in groups in therapy did you seek out prayer like what did that look like for you so I believe that a huge part of my journey was writing and actually allowing myself and giving myself permission to feel my emotions, right? To, to go through the, thro- the thought process of what this looked like or, or what it meant for me and what moving forward looked like. I still have my, my journal where I wrote everything. I have poems on the situation. I have, and I, and I, I, I always save it because it is a huge part of my testimony and what I've gone through. And I plan to share that with people one day. And maybe turn it into a book, right? That other women can have in their hands and like, mm-hmm. see, it has the red flags. It has so much. Um, but another part of my healing process was being surrounded with love. Mm-hmm. And because that's something I didn't get in that relationship was true, authentic love, right? Um, and being surrounded with, with friends who, friends and family who knew the situation now because I started to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I also think that a huge part of my healing was telling my story and helping other people with my story. I started hosting domestic violence events back in 2014 and just bringing that community together, uh, creating safe spaces for women to speak. I needed that for myself also because that's something that I didn't have when I was in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have um, people who were older who found out about the situation once I started sharing. And I do think that I, I wholeheartedly believe that prayer got me through it too. My grandmother's prayers, right? Our, our, mm-hmm. our grandparents' prayers are always protecting us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so prayer did help me get through that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I truly believe writing and giving myself that permission to feel because sometimes we block ourselves off from ourselves yeah. and we don't give ourselves permission to feel what we want to feel um, think about what we just gone through and just give ourselves time to process. Mm -hmm. And that's what I gave myself. That was 100% writing, putting that pen to paper and just like talking to God about it. hundred percent heals me. Amen. Amen. And, um, you know, I like that you were saying like, 
I ask because it's like, it's things you did. I think sometimes what we want to assume, um, because God is healer, that throughout time we will heal. But if we're actually actively, not actively doing anything, he remains healer, but nothing happens. <laughs> because time doesn't heal. It's things. It's things we do, right? It's intentional things. And honestly, how you said it, like, I think even serving other people heals, right? If we're, we feel, if we feel we are in the place to be able to do that, like how you say you hosted events, you were um, bringing awareness, all that stuff. That was part of your healing journey, right? Um, be able to serve women there, but healing also in the journey comes with challenges, right? There can oh, be um, bumps in the road, right? So what did that look like for you? Were there challenges? What were they? What'd you do about them? So I'm um, getting out of this relationship and I am, I'm broken, right? My self-esteem is on the ground my self-worth, what I think about myself. I want people to understand like healing. I always say this. I talk to my coaching clients about this. Healing is not pretty. Mm -hmm. Healing will hurt because healing is going to take you to some, through some truths that you probably don't want to face. Mm -hmm. And so now I had to face healing through this process, having to build my self-esteem up again, finding self-love because I didn't love myself enough to to uh, to be alone, to um, know what healthy relationships look like, and actually believe that I deserve those things. So I had to go through that whole process. I was, I, my my early twenties, I was living my best life because I was not worried about any relationships. I was worried about myself. Like I was so happy traveling, you know, just uh, finding things that brought me joy again because I had completely lost joy and mm -hmm. happiness, being so lost. And, and completely consuming myself and somebody else, you know, at mm -hmm. this young age, not knowing what that, what that was supposed to look like. Um, so the healing process was, it was hard mm -hmm. and it takes time. Healing doesn't happen overnight. And it's very important for people to know too, that healing is not just a one-stop shop. You don't just go grab what you need and then you're good. It is an ongoing process as individuals. We're always growing. We're always learning and the, the, the healing process never stops. There's mm -hmm. always something for us to work on. Um, there's also challenges that I, uh, that, I, that I have now as an adult that I didn't have back then that I need to heal from. Mm -hmm. So it looks different for everyone, but healing from that, that healing process was hard because mm -hmm. I had to re, how can I say it? Like you just had to, it's like I grew into a whole nother person. I was no longer the person, the Kayla that I was before that relationship i'm different now i went mm -hmm. through that you know mm -hmm. so that a lot changes through that um so healing wasn't easy but i'm here now and i'm mm -hmm. healed from that and i can talk about it right and i could thank god for getting me through that um and there's so much joy in that and not questioning why i went through it but knowing that i can use that for his glory and now mm -hmm. use that for the work that he has assigned for me and That's it sweet. is so important Yes. Amen. I'm about to run around this room. Don't, don't get me started. Praise God. Um, I think too, like, you know, I, I mean, we don't have to get into like, of talking about like your current relationship, but like, even just the testimony that you are currently in a relationship, right? Like in a healthy relationship, that is not that I think sometimes um, we need to hear that we need to be reminded, like, that if there is an experience doesn't mean that you that experience can be redeemed and you can't end up in a relationship again in the future and that applies to all things we experience right everything god can redeem everything and we can return to being um in a certain situation or experience that we want to be in right because you, you know i'm sure you desire to be loved and in a relationship and you know yeah. be happy in that way and so the lord redeemed that too by bringing you to the place where you are now 
Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And it's, it's beautiful to see that and talk about that because now I'm in a whole 180, right? Whole different. Now I know what I want. Setting boundaries is important. Teaching people how to treat you is important. And also talking to your future partners about your experience so that they know what -hmm. your triggers are, right? So that they are aware, like, this is what I am. This is what I'm allowing. This is what I'm not allowing this relationship. And this is why Mm -hmm. Uh, very important for your partners or anyone even friendships, like yes. I, I, friendships take a lot of work too. People be downplaying that, but all relationships <laughs> take work. That's a fact. All relationships should, you should be able to have trust and, and authenticity with the people in your life about your past, uh, your past experiences. Yeah, no, that's definitely friendships, all the people, right? Even all the you know, parents, <laughs> all the people, because <laughs> boundaries are important. Um, yes. So speaking of people thinking about the church, right? We were talking about the church. Um, you know, this is one of, I, I would call, you know, domestic violence or any form of violence against a person, a justice issue, because it is people um, not dignifying another image bearer, another human being, right? And to me, that's a justice issue. And so um, because it's a justice issue, I think nowadays we're very focused on like, uh, race everything having to do with like racism is justice and like yes that matters it's important but there is a whole slew of other you know justice issues that the church can be paying attention to um that people are experiencing in everyday life right um and so what do you feel that the church can do support like to just support women who are experiencing this um and i would say speak to both women who are experiencing this that are not married and also who are married right because there's um I, you know i know you're not married but like there's intricacies in that and stuff like that but just like what the church can do to support uh, women who are experiencing this um and just encourage them and you know what even church leadership but also church members can be doing and then outside of the church just what everyday christians (laughs) can be doing in their everyday life to support um women experiencing this yeah that is so important because when we sometimes sit at church right and we're in this community and we're we're being told what love is supposed to look like, right? Mm. Love is this, love is supposed to be kind, right? Love is respectful. Like we think about all of those things and that's beautiful. And we should be, we should hundred percent be aiming towards that. But the reality is that people walk out of Sunday service and they go back to their homes. They go back to their actual mm. environments and their realities. And the reality is that some people are not living that loving life and that mm. they don't have that. And they're in these abusive relationships. And I I just want to quickly talk about um, the different forms of domestic violence, because it's not just physical. And there's a lot of financial abuse. And that's a lot of uh, many, many situations women stay because of the financial abuse and because they feel that without this partner, they cannot make it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the church could be doing a lot better Mm -hmm. just believing the women, right? Believing them what they're going through. Um, I think that all victims of this situation, because let's, let's talk about it. Men, men experience it too. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother conversation because I don't think men are getting the help and the tools that they need to be equipped to heal from this, to not repeat the patterns. Um, but I, I just think that if women felt safe, safer talking about this, especially in the, in the church community, there'll be a lot more healing. Mm -hmm. I believe that churches could give a lot more resources, not just throwing awareness at it, right? Or or talking about all the statistics and stuff. Those statistics are happening in your church. Mm-hmm. And it's important not only for you to believe the people who are saying they're going through this, but guide them through that, support them through that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I also think that women, women at the church could be doing a better job, right? Sisterhood is so important. Why aren't there, why isn't domestic violence a topic that is talked about often enough? Like mm -hmm. God is angry at it. He That's doesn't right. agree with it. So why should we? And mm -hmm. why are we doing more about it? Relationships should look more like him. Relationships should have him at the center. Mm -hmm. And we need to teach that. Maybe yeah. sermons about healthy relationships and what that looks like, not just in a marriage, but because courting and dating leads to marriage. Right. So what does that look like in that season, right? When you're, mm -hmm. when you're, somebody's courting you and stuff like that. And then when it comes to, I'm not married yet, but I know growing up, I know aunts that were abused. I mm -hmm. know, you know, my grandmother was abused and because they were married, they were taught, especially in the Catholic church, like, mm -hmm. nah, you got to stay in that marriage. Mm -hmm. That's your husband. You cannot break that covenant. Like you cannot break that. Right. And it's a hard situation, mm -hmm. but women don't feel safe and they'll stay suffering because they truly believe that they should stay in that situation because of that. Um, I also believe we should have support groups. Um, there's, there's youth groups, there's support groups for different things. There's outreach programs mm -hmm. <laughs> that should be a part of the outreach. We should yes. be reaching out our hands to our sisters in need and, and talking about what that looks like. And Hey, you know, do you know, talking about red flags, let's do, let's do a meeting about red flags, right? Let's do an event about that. Let's not only bring awareness, but, but equip people with the tools that they need to maybe fight this battle that they're going through secretly or silently that they, mm -hmm. that nobody else knows about. Like I was, mm -hmm. I was so afraid to talk about this. People may feel judged because of it. So also in the church, creating a space where women are not feeling judged for the situations that they're going through. There's a lot that can be done a whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, we could talk mm -hmm. about this for a whole hour just in itself. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe those are just some of the things that the church can be doing better so that women are one aware of the situation don't get into these situations and can get out of them and have uh, and have somewhere to heal properly and be yeah. supported through it. Yeah, thank you for that. I think um, so a few things you said, the first thing I was thinking about was when actually something you said earlier about men, like the situation you were in. So you um, wanted to protect him, right? So you yeah. weren't necessarily speaking and saying certain things um, to people. And I think that is a very real narrative, you know, right now, whether a woman is married or not, man or is married or not about the situation that they're in. Right. I know for me, while I've been married, while I've been, um, Christian, I have always been like told like, oh, like be careful who you talk to your husband about or, or marriage issues, um, as a way to not dishonor your husband, which yeah. I agree with. Right. But if, but the way I've always been, I was told it, it was like, don't, ever talk to nobody about anything in relation to your husband only like your pastor him and your therapist that's it nobody no friends nothing and I think that's I think that's really bad <laughs> I think that's really bad because you're making women feel like trapped whether they're you know in a, in a in a situation that is violent or not you're making them feel trapped and as if they have no voice yeah, um, and, and there's a way to communicate to some say, communicate something without dishonoring another human being me yeah. saying that this is what i'm experiencing um to someone else that maybe can help me is not dishonoring that my husband or another human being so i think that's one thing right like stop telling wives and girlfriends and just women in general that have men in their life that they um 
everything that just needs to be in communication resolved. Communication is the number one issue most people have in relationships. So that's, (laughs) so it's also a dumb thing to say to people. Right. And then, so that's one thing, um, what you were saying about how there are different forms of, um, you know, domestic violence, how you were saying there's financial earlier, you talked about like mental, you know, there's, there's just so many, um, I would say there's even like spiritual, there's just a lot of different yeah. forms of like oppression and violence that can occur in a home. And so being able to like differentiate those talk about all of them too. Right. And talking about all of them and addressing all of them, um, in different ways and, and knowing their different red flags, because red flags for something physical can look different for like something like some sort of mental you know um yeah 100% exactly so really just like honestly as a church as a church doing the due diligence of learning (laughs) right like learn that looks like yeah why do you assume because you see some you know some hallmark movies or something like that like learn actually first right like if we're honest a lot of us don't know a lot of the the intricacies of this is which is why part of why I wanted to have an episode on this because not only do we not talk about it as much as in the church we just we want to learn and I and I always want to learn the truth right I don't want to learn from like something like I said like from movies or whatever I want to learn the right. truth and understanding and so I think you sharing this is really important it's helpful the sisterhood point on it very very true right like being I I honestly I mean I've been part of churches for the past almost 10 years and I've never been in a uh, workshop, Bible study, women's yeah. event, women group, women conference, not a thing where, where abuse is talking about. about, yeah, not once. And I'd be at those things, <laughs> right. um, you know, and so that's, that's sad that that's really, and that's really important that we, um, talk about it. And I mean, like you said, there, there could be a lot more that we talk about when it comes to the church, even when I think of like, how people want to talk about what the Bible says in regards to, um, divorce and, and then addressing in regards to abuse, all that definitely another conversation but as the church as the body of christ the, the number one thing we can be doing is being there for people learning um and providing meeting them with their needs right what do these women need um whether it's support whether um you're and right now even thinking about what you said the financial abuse the pandemic there are women stuck oh in their oh home because of the pandemic yeah because i have nowhere to go or um i'm being evicted or i can't i can't find a job in this pandemic um some, or something like that right like the pandemic is an added factor to like, I'm sure like how some women are like experiencing certain things um, and fearing for their life. Yeah, so it's a, it, there is a lot there. It's a lot, um, it's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of layers to it, um, but at least we're starting the process, right? This yes. could bless someone. Um, and these, and these, these conversations are just super crucial and important to have. Amen. Yeah. And then there's hope. We believe in God. And so there's hope, right? And there's encouragement and there's truth there. So, um, you know, if there is a woman listening, experiencing this, or if someone's listening and knows someone experiencing this, is there an encouragement that you would want to tell people, um, yeah, to help them and, and regain hope and walk towards healing in their journey? Yeah, I want to I wanna just encourage first um, anybody who may know someone that has experienced any form of domestic violence right now. The first thing is show them love and make sure that you are doing your best to communicate to them that you love them, that you don't judge them for what they're, that, what they're going through, that you don't judge them for staying in the relationship because many people judge the women who stay, not knowing what it looks like behind closed doors and inside that relationship 
um, there's threats, right? There's guilt. There's so many layers as to why women stay. And many times it's not, more than 90% of the time, it's not because they wanna stay. Um, and I could speak from my experience. So there's gonna be times where you just wanna go to their house, right? And strip them of the situation, just take them with you, help them pack all their stuff. It is important to understand you cannot help someone who, doesn't, who does not wanna be helped at the moment. You could show them love. I encourage you to show them love, show them support, uh, make sure that, you know, if they call you, you're there for to have a conversation with them. But don't push them to leave the situation because it may push them further away from you and closer to the person that's actually hurting them. Um, and they're already feeling isolated. If they're in, a, in an abusive relationship, one of the biggest red flags and things that we experience is isolation. So they already feel alone. They feel isolated. They want your love and support. They don't want to feel judged. Um, so that's what I would say. Show them love, show them support, and make sure that you're not judging them for what they're going through. And, and, and do your best to understand um, their situation before trying to give your own advice or go and, 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 right, and save them the way you think they should be saved. So it's so important to, for people to know that. That and part. That, <laughs> that part. It is so important. Um, and then... For someone who is going through it right now, know that you're not alone if you're listening to this right now. Know that there's people who care about you, who love you, who support you, who have the resources. Um, know that this is not the end for you. If you choose, this could truly be a, the beginning, the beginning of a beautiful chapter of a life that you envision for yourself, of the life that God actually has planned for you. Um, remember, he has not forgotten you. And he, does, he is not happy with what is going on in this moment, but he will save you from that if you just allow yourself to be saved and to be healed from that. Um, there is so many resources out there that women can use uh, to get out. There are, there are shelters, right? There is places that provide food. There's, there's programs that pro provide finances, um, even apartments for you to stay in. They help you find a job. Like I want you to know if you're listening right now, there's so many ways out and there is there is beauty after this right there is a message behind the mess that you're going through right now and i always tell people there is a mess in your message and you may not see it right now and the mess that you're in you, it's just too foggy to see there's no clarity but later on just like me i'm using my my previous mess as a message to help others and one day maybe you can do the same um so that's what I just want to say to someone. And I love you. If whoever's listening, if some nobody has told you lately, I love you. So mm -hmm. that's important. Deeply. We love you. Yes. Um, thank you for that, Kayla. And I will actually um, be adding um, some resources, some hotlines, some places, mm -hmm. um, mainly based in New York, but um, some also national ones um, here in the show notes. So feel free to check that out if that is you or if you want to provide someone with some resources, as we shared earlier in the call um, in this episode. And then also what Kayla just said is um, being wise with, you know, um, how you're wanting to love someone and support someone. Um, um, acknowledging that you need to want to listen first, understand yeah. first, listen first, um, because, you know, <laughs> we can enter into the, we wear our, put on our cape. Um, 
sorry there's like some crazy I don't know what is happening outside <laughs> um we could be put we can put on want to put on our cape and save people and God God is the only one who saves right and so we are here to love and support understand and provide resources and different things like that um and yeah. so thank you for that Kayla thank you for your time thank you Lord for your testimony yes. um, from where he has brought you to um I want to give you a chance you out here you're out here really helping women grow and flourish and help change their minds. So tell people how they can connect with you, what you do, uh, where they could find you, your Instagram, your website, all the things. Yes. So I am, Lord, this has, this pandemic y'all has been a blessing and a curse, right? It, it has been a little bit of both, but because of the pandemic, I've been able to, um, feel aligned and do the work that I'm doing now. And as a mindset coach, I'm a mindset coach for women of color. And I provide different resources with different services, excuse me, through that. So as a mindset coach, you can book me for one-on-one coaching. I actually have one slot available left for starting in February for that. I also have an accountability club where we meet bi-weekly. You get coaching and you get accountability. It is a six-month commitment, but working together for six months, you have a community of women supporting you. That's another way we can work together. And what I do is I want to help you gain clarity. I want to help women break through, right? I want to help women believe in themselves in a way that they never had before Mm -hmm. and actually believe that they could design the lives that they envision every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's important for me. And that hunger obviously comes from what we just spoke about and wanting to wanting women to see their potential, see what they're capable of, and really dive deeper into the assignment that that God has given them and his will for their lives is very important. Um, And that's why I do this work. You can find me on Instagram um, at ms.rodriguez underscore. You can find me there. And the website is curlsatw.com. Right now, I'm like literally in the planning mode for our curly retreat to Santorini, Greece in May. I'm super excited for that. Um, We are all booked out for that, but we do them annually. so I'm just excited for that. So the easiest way to catch me is on Instagram. That is my social media app of choice. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's where you can catch me on there. Yeah. So there's just too many. I came back to Instagram after like a fast and I was like, first of all, Instagram is, is a lot. It feels like a lot now. Like, I don't know why it just feels like a lot now. Um, but then I'm just like TikTok. I, I heard Snapchat still the thing. I'm just like, I don't know how. It's just too much. One at a time. That's right. I don't want to learn all these TikTok dances to stay relevant <laughs> on that app. Like it's just a lot. That's right. And you, I mean, you help so much, you know, you minister to people a lot with your Instagram too. So definitely follow her y'all from, you know, providing mindset tools to even like growing a business to like hair. I've learned so much about my hair when it comes to you. Oh, like yes, before people were like, your hair's cute. Yeah. But I think doing what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. You guys can also follow um, curls around the world at, um, at Instagram. I've been doing so much work with, with the mindset coaching that, mm. Um, but if you need curly hair education, if you just need some empowerment, you need tips on what to do with your hair, you don't know, you're trying to get it back to health. I'm mm-hmm. also your girl for that. So yes. definitely follow. I love it. Come on. Come on. Yes. So follow her, <laughs> y'all. Um, connect with her. Um, and again, thank you, Kayla, for this conversation. Um, thank you for thank your you honesty. For 
uh, for your transparency. Um, I know it's going to bless a lot of people. Um, I, you know, feel free to reach out to either of us on Instagram, y'all, um, within this conversation, but also reach out to people in your real life. There, there are people that yeah. want to love on you. Your neighbor wants to love on you. And neighbor means the people in your life, right? The people that love you, right? So allow them to, allow them to, and bring them in. However, um, have the boldness to do that. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you the courage to do that and seek out God um, yeah. in the midst of all of it. And so thank you again, Kayla. Thank you. Y'all, I pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply something you either learned or heard to your continued growth on your faith journey. I invite you to study more on the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action. Share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a rate or review and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Meet us next time for another episode and if you don't already, follow us on Instagram following at PD or at we.r.fool to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.